0: And this is your weekly weekly Dose of wicked. Wicked. up? Welcome to another weekly dose of Wicked. As always, we're so happy you're here. Yes, yes, we are. We have exciting news for you. We got an audio interface, and now we'll be able to record side by side in the same room, and it's going to be fabulous. We have no idea how to use it, though, so it might take a little bit. No, it's not going to take a little bit at all. I'm literally going to record an episode on it Friday. Oh, are we... So we're gonna yeah, do. Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Okay, we're gonna record a bonus episode for our Patreons on Friday as a thank you for being awesome and buying us an audio interface. Sounds good to me. Our podcasting room is all set up. It's beautiful. We have a nice plastic pop up table and camping chairs. <laughs> yeah, it's a little little ghetto, but it it'll work for now. It's fine. It'll work. Uh, we ordered soundproofing panels, so we're gonna get those set up this week. Uh, I mean, I think we've got literally like everything ready to go so we can finally record in person. I'm really excited. Yeah. Me too. I think that's about all we got going on in the weekly dose of Wicked world. I believe so. So, as always, do the things. Do the things. Get on Patreon.com, www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of Wicked. Join it up. We have four tiers. You can join anyone you want. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. You can head on over to Instagram, where you can like, follow Facebook, where you can like, follow, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing on those things. Whatever the things are you do on Instagram and Facebook, that's what you want to do. You can also head on over to Twitter, where I think Ashley posts things, I'm unsure. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a rating and review. Tell us how much you like us. Send us an email at weeklydoseofwicked at gmail.com. Buy a sweatshirt on Etsy. Send us a letter. Buy us a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com. These are all
1: ways you can support your favorite girls.
0: Or even if we're not your favorite girls, maybe you just like us a little bit. You can still support us. We don't mind. We have lots of uh, expenses that, you know, have to be paid in order to produce our podcast, such as the equipment we just bought, half of which we bought out of pocket. Um, My broken computer that's still broken, so I'm still using this piece of trash computer. What other things do we need? Oh, we're going to try and do some video here in a little bit. Maybe get ourselves up on YouTube and then you can like watch us make fools of ourselves instead of just listening to us.
1: That's what everybody needs in their life is to watch us. I would agree.
0: All right. Well, without further ado, let's not waste too much of the people's time. Um, I have uh, prepared an episode for us today. Oh, yeah? I have. It's a little different than the episodes we would normally do uh, because I got myself worked up. Okay. Okay. And you know, it's never a good thing when I get myself worked. Never. So I was thinking to myself, I was like, hey, Sierra, what episode are you going to do today? This was literally, I don't know, five hours ago. Because I was like, hmm, I have to record an episode tonight and I've prepared nothing. Per usual per usual. So I was like, you know, what are you going to do? What kind of episode are you going to do? And then I was like, huh, I was going back and forth. I started watching the show on ID. It was a good show, but I just wasn't feeling it. It just wasn't pulling at my heartstrings, you know? So I was like, all right, let's do a couple other resources. So I started to go, you know, check out a few other things. And then I found myself on the, uh, national database for missing and exploited children. Okay. All right. So I'm like, looking. I'm like, all right, let's check out the missing kids in North Carolina. So I pulled North Carolina. There's like 30 children that have went missing in the state of North Carolina since the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. So then I was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. What am I going to do with this knowledge? What am I going to do with this information? Uh, so then I was like, you know, let's look and see like, you know, some of these kids, maybe they just ran away. Some of them are pretty recent. They might not really be missing. I mean, I hate to say like, oh, maybe they're a runaway, but these, some of them were within the past few days. Right. It happens Sometimes. All right. I was like, I don't want to do anything on that recent of a missing person um, just in case they're not actually missing. Like, you know, they could just be with a friend. I mean, it does unfortunately happen sometimes. So then I was like, well, let me go back a little ways. So I'm looking in the back. I'm, I'm going back. Right. And then I see that we've still got children that are missing on there from like the 70s. So I start looking into them and it's kind of infuriating because there's not a lot of information. So then I did this crazy thing. I went back to the main page. I opened up the state and I just took my finger and I... Flick, I flicked it and I picked a state and whatever state it landed on I went there went to the old cases and I found old cases that have like no invest like no investigation on them whatsoever so that's what we're gonna cover today I've prepared three cases I'm hoping that these three cases are gonna light a fire under your butt just like they did mine and infuriate you like they did me I'm sure they will That's my goal. So these are three cases. They're not related in any way, shape, or form other than that I found them on the National Database for Missing and Exploited Children and that I literally just randomly picked them. Okay? Sounds interesting. We're going to get started now with number one. Are you on, like, what are you listening to? On my AirPod. Okay. I just want to make sure you're really echoey. Makes me really nervous for the quality of this episode.
1: I mean, I can go back in the other room, but I think it was
0: just as echoey in there. Yeah, I just feel like you're really echoey, but okay. Um, if this episode's echoey, I'm sorry. We ordered soundproofing panels. They'll be here tomorrow, and I'm going to go put them up while well, Ashley's at work, maybe, if I feel like it. If not, I'll put them up Thursday, but we're going to soundproof the shit out of that room. I'll leave the key in the place, you know. Oh, I mean, I know where the key is, actually, and I think any burglar would know where the key is as well, so you should probably find a better place for the key. Very obvious. They might not know the code to the thing, though. Okay, that's true. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. So the first one we're going to cover here is the disappearance of Sandra K. Butler. Sandra K. Butler was just 16 years old when she disappeared without a trace on June 26th, 1978. That's crazy. That's like mom's age. Um, it's not mom's age. She disappeared on 19- in 1978. She was 16. Oh. So she's like way older than mom. I mean, she's like 14 years older than mom.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Okay,
0: so Sandra K. Butler was just 16 years old when she disappeared without a trace on June 26, 1978. Uh, she'd recently moved to Sparks, Nevada with her mother from California. On June twenty third, Sandra's mother left for work as she normally would, leaving Sandra alone in her apartment. Uh, later in the day, she received a call from her daughter asking if she could walk to the Reno Rodeo. Her mother said that that was fine, and she never heard from Sandra again. Sandra was last seen at the Greenbrae Shopping Center, which was across the street from the apartment that she lived in with her mother. Very little information is available on Sandra's disappearance. Uh, The reason for this is because police initially decided that she was a runaway. Of course they did. So they did. No investigation. So for this reason, there was very little media coverage and her case went cold rather quickly. Those who knew Sandra said that she was not the kind of girl who would just up and run away. Over the years, uh, Sandra's case has been passed from detective to detective with very little movement in her case. It seems like pretty much when there would become like a rookie detective, they would get Sandra's case. So Mm -hmm. it's passed through a lot of hands. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, oh, I'm sorry. I just skipped like a... In 2007, Detective Gallup would be assigned to Sandra's case. Uh, Detective Gallup is a father of two daughters, and he took an interest in Sandra's case because he thought, if my daughter disappeared, I'd want to know what happened. So he really took an interest in her case. Well, good for him. Unfortunately, he was not able to get very much on her case either, though. Um, But he was able to update her file so that there is DNA from her family members as well as her dental records. So that's good. Uh, There are two main theories as to what happened to Sandra. So the first is that she was a victim of Gerald and Charlene Gallego. They were a serial killer couple in the area who had kidnapped two young girls from the Spark Fairgrounds just a year after Sandra's disappearance. So it's possible they could have grabbed her. Uh, Gerald Gallego ended up being convicted of kidnapping and murder of two other girls. So from my understanding... I didn't look a lot into Gerald Gallego, but it seems like he kidnapped at least four girls. Right. That, like, he is known, like, for sure he did. Uh, unfortunately, though, not really unfortunately, um, he ended up dying of rectal cancer in 2002.
1: That cool. doesn't sound like a good, I said, it doesn't sound like a good cancer.
0: Um, of I, I mean, that none it's of them are good, cancer. But- Well, I know, I just meant for, like, an average person, not for him. Obviously. I thought that that was a nice pie, a nice slice of carbo pie. I mean, yeah, I could see that. So anyway, he died of rectal cancer while awaiting execution in 2002. Um, that was not really related to the case. I just found uh, a little bit of pleasure in that fact. <laughs> in not that fun fact? Yeah. So the other theory is that uh, Sandy did run away. And that a Jane Doe that was found in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on August 3rd, 1982, was in fact her. Uh, the Jane Doe was hit by a tractor trailer while hitchhiking on an interstate. Uh, they said that the Jane Doe had business cards in her pockets. And when they went or like called these businesses, um, they all described her as having sort of like a southern accent. Um, and that she claimed to have had family in Las Vegas as well as in California. So they were like, ah, possibly it could have been Sandy. But um, neither of these theories can be confirmed. So, Was there any
1: DNA to this Jane Doe?
0: I don't know if they had... I mean, it says that he added the DNA to her file, and I would assume that Jane Doe would have had some DNA, but I don't know because this was in 1982. He never added the DNA to her file until... 2007. Hmm. So I'm not really sure. I don't know if they took DNA from her in 1982. I'm not really sure, but they said that either way they could not confirm, um, if this was in fact her or not, but it's a possibility. Hmm. Um, they also said that like the Jane Doe was similar in build to what Sandy was. Like, I think it said, I think the Jane Doe was like five, two and like 110 pounds had light Brown hair. Um, in 1982, Sandy would have been like 20, and they said that Jane Doe was in between the ages of 12 and 25. Oh, that's a huge gap. Right. Well, I would assume probably because she was hit by a tractor trailer. There probably wasn't much left.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: I mean, that's kind of my thoughts there, not to be like disgusting and gross, but like she was hit by a tractor trailer on the interstate.
1: Yeah. That gives me a horrible image in my head.
0: Well, that's probably why they couldn't identify who it was, though. And also, in 1982, there wasn't much DNA. Right. You know what I mean? To work with. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Um, As of now, though, uh, Sandy is still considered a missing person. She would be 61 years old. Someone knows what happened to Sandra. And her case, like so many others, deserves to be solved. Even if she's gone, I mean, we deserve to know where her body is. Not necessarily us, but her family deserves to know where her body is, and they deserve to be able to have closure in her disappearance. Uh, If you have any information on the disappearance of Sandra Butler, please call the Sparks Police Department, and their phone number is 775-353-2231. So that is the disappearance of Sandra K. Butler. Yeah,
1: not much there.
0: No, there's not. And that's what's infuriating is, like, how can a 16-year-old go miss A 16-year-old girl goes missing, and there's, like, no investigation at all. Yeah, nothing. It's insane. All right, so next victim is Robert Bobby Desmond. Uh, Bobby Desmond was just 10 years old when he disappeared on August 1st, 1964. Oh, my gosh yes 10 years old and kennebunk if anyone's from maine and they want to tell me that i mispronounced that go ahead but i uh looked it up multiple times multiple different places and they all said it was kennebunk <laughs> it's spelled k e n n e b u n k i mean i trust you i even i found an article from a radio station in maine that was like commonly mispronounced towns and they said you pronounce it kennebunk so kennebunk maine This case especially bothered me because of how young Bobby was and the fact that there is, like, no information available on his disappearance. That infuriates me. A 10-year-old boy did not just go missing. Right. There's nothing. There'd be no... There'd be no information. Like, it's insane to me that there's no information. He didn't just, like, like, up and leave. That's a long time ago. 1964. Yeah. There's got to be something. You would think so, but I couldn't find hardly anything. So, you tell me what you think when I finish this. Um... So, actually, almost all of the articles that I was able to find are about how this case was nearly forgotten, which is infuriating. So, from what I can find, uh, there hasn't been any movement, movement in this case since 1976, when a tip was given to check the basement floor of Bobby's childhood home. Apparently, shortly after his disappearance, Bobby's mother and stepfather had cement poured in their basement. So after tearing the basement floor out, investigators found nothing, and the case has been cold ever since. So that's pretty insane. There's been no movement in this case since 1976. So they
1: thought his parents were involved.
0: Well, we're gonna see what you think after I tell you some more. I have more information. That's not all I got for you. I thought that was it.
1: I was like, oh <laughs> no, I have
0: more. No, I have more than that for you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it if that's all I could find. Um. In 2018, Detective Stephen Borst was assigned to the case, uh, which had since been closed and the records disposed of. That's crazy. We just close cases and get rid of the records of a missing child who was never found. No, right. we don't the just get rid of the is files. Not but over, it doesn't matter if they close the case. Even if they close the case, you don't just get rid of the files. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. The case isn't over. Well, that's what so- they did. He said that every time he followed a lead, the person was either dead or had no recollection of Bobby or the case whatsoever. And that included the officer who was originally assigned to the case, as well as the reporter who reported on the case. So these people just didn't even remember that it even happened. That's awful. Hence why it's the case that was nearly forgotten, because it seems that pretty much everyone in Kennebunk, Maine, just kind of forgot that this kid disappeared. Poor little guy. Uh, poor little guy, yes, for sure. Like, 100% poor little guy, and it gets worse. So, what little information is available isn't really helpful, Uh, but one thing that is crazy to me is that Bobby wasn't reported missing until the start of the school year, when he didn't come to school. So, the school is actually who reported him missing, not his parents, and at that point, he had been missing for about a month. Hmm. So, when questioned by police, Bobby's parents said that he had run away.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. And they weren't even concerned. Even if he had
0: run away. Do what?
1: I said, and they just weren't concerned. He was 10.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, even if he had run away, Um, he was 10 years old. So even if he was a runaway, he was 10. You still should have been looking for him. And you should have had police looking for him. Right. He's 10. He's a baby. They should have one. My oldest child is 10. I cannot imagine her running away and me just feeling, ah, she'll be fine. Yeah. No, absolutely not. She's a baby. That's mind She doesn't even remember to eat half the time. <laughs> Let alone survive on her own. Like, are you kidding me? But whatever, they said. He just ran away. They weren't worried about it. They didn't report him missing. And they also told Bobby's siblings that he had run away. And that was the end of it. They weren't to ask any questions. How many siblings did he have? I do not know exactly how many siblings he had, but he did have at least two sisters.
1: That's interesting.
0: I don't know if there were more than them, but I do know of at least two sisters. And the reasoning for that is because I found an article that had information from Dawn Martin, and Dawn Martin is the half-sister of Bobby. So essentially, Bobby lived with his mother, Alice, and his stepfather, Chet, and Dawn was the daughter of Alice and Chet, so she was younger than Bobby. Um, I don't know how old she was. It didn't say, but the article did say his much younger sister. Hmm so he was 10 she was younger than that she has memories of his disappearance so i'm gonna go with she was at least three right i was thinking three or four in my scientific opinion my first childhood like my first memory is at the age of three how old was i when i broke my thumb Mm, i would say three or four probably that's my first memory Yeah, I mean, a traumatic experience will be, I mean, yeah, I think you can remember traumatic experiences at the age of three. Um, So I would say she's about three or four. I mean, she could be even older than that. But I would say at the youngest, we're talking about a three or four year old. So she says that she remembers the day that Bobby disappeared. She recalls their home as being chaotic. She said that her dad, Chet, would uh, often drink too much and then he would break furniture and beat people. Hmm. She said that the police often had to come to their home. And she says on August first, nineteen sixty-four, she remembers her dad was angry because the kid's bed had not been made properly. Okay. So apparently this sent him into a rampage. Don remembers her older sister hiding her in the closet and telling her not to come out until her parents had stopped screaming. Hey, podcast listener. So, that's what I'm saying. There's at least two sisters because Dawn is doing this interview and she says her older sister hit her in the closet. So, there's at least two girls and Bobby. I don't know if there's any more than that, but there's at least those three. Okay. So, um, at some point, Dawn fell asleep in her closet and when she woke up, the house was quiet, so she felt like it was safe to come out. She said that when she came out of her room, I'm assuming it must have been a shared bedroom with her sister because she said that when she came out, the window was open And that there was a sheet tied to the bedpost, and it was like somebody had, like, went out the window. And she said that she distinctly remembers seeing footprints in the, like, in the dew of the grass, because it was late, and that she realized that her sister had left. Okay. So, apparently, it must have been a horrible night. Her sister went out the window and left. Um, Dawn remembers leaving her room and entering Bobby's bedroom, where she found him lying on the floor in nothing but his underwear, and he was not moving. She said that she was worried about him, so she tried to drag him into his closet to protect him like her older sister had done for her, but he was too heavy. She couldn't move him. Uh, Dawn then saw her mother, and she said that her mother looked angry, so she ran and hid under the bed. Her mother came in screaming and tried to drag her out from under the bed. Dawn attempted to avoid her grasp, but ultimately Alice got a hold of her and drug her out of the room, down the stairs, and into the basement by her feet. Or by her foot, I guess, by one foot. Like, grabbed her by the leg and drug her down the stairs, through the kitchen, into the basement. This is absolutely awful. Yeah, and we're talking about a small child, under the age of 10, over the age of 3 or 4. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Once in the basement, Alice locked Dawn in a wooden crate and left her there.
1: Well, that's absolutely horrible.
0: Yeah, Dawn says that she screamed and fought, uh, but in the morning she woke up in her own bed. So she thought that the whole night was just like a bad dream.
1: Yeah, I could see how that you could see that as your little.
0: Yeah, and so she says that she like went downstairs for breakfast and Alice called for her. And that uh, her mother, Dawn says that she remembers her mother making sure to point out to her that her purse was open and that the back door had been left open overnight and that Bobby was gone and he had run away and taken money out of her purse. So she made sure to tell this small child her brother had taken money from her, left it open and ran away. The night after having this dream of her brother being essentially unconscious on the floor.
1: Right. And like, was he breathing? Probably not. I mean,
0: she was, she was little, so I don't think that she would know to check for that. Right, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, probably not. Dawn said that Alice then said... Go have your breakfast. And that was the end of it. They didn't talk about Bobby again for years.
1: So was there like an initial investigation? Well, no, not really, uh, I guess, because not until school.
0: It doesn't really seem like there was any kind of an initial investigation because nobody reported him missing until he didn't show up for school. And then the school reported him missing. And when they went and talked to Alice in chat, they said that he had run away. And it just kind of seems like that was the end of the investigation, which to me is absolutely insane. Since Dawn is here saying that there were obviously multiple reports of a domestic violence disputes in her home. She said the police were there all the time for her dad getting drunk and beating them or beating, beating people. She didn't say like beating us, but she said beating people and breaking furniture.
1: Right. So, I mean, probably, I mean, he probably didn't beat her, but like the mom and the son. Because if I would think if he was beating her, like she would have said. That he was beating her, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: She said so, that, like, in the uh, years following, like, in her adult years, that she tried to talk to her mother about Bobby's disappearance, and her mom wouldn't talk to her about it. She would just tell her, um, things aren't as you remember them, or things aren't as they seemed. The parents seem a little sketchy to me. I think they seem very sketchy, and I think that this is a disgusting injustice to a 10 tenured- year Oh, 100%. I understand that it was 1964. I know times were different, but this was very clearly not a safe home. And the fact that there was no investigation into his disappearance is heartbreaking.
1: Yeah.
0: No, 100%. Um, As far as I can tell, they've never, I mean, the case has not been solved. They've never recovered Bobby's body. I mean, I would like to say somebody must know something, but if it happened in the home, I guess somebody might not know something.
1: I mean, that girl knows something. I mean, Don does know something, but it doesn't actually matter
0: because Alice and Chet uh, are both dead. So it doesn't matter. Right. If they did, in fact, kill Bobby, there's nothing that can be done about it now. But there could have been something done about it.
1: And also, so I was thinking, like, um, you know, that was the 60s, obviously not a safe home. So I was thinking, like CPS. CPS didn't even start until nineteen seventy six.
0: Yeah, there was no CPS. I knew that. I didn't know that. I knew that there was no CPS, but I just think that something definitely should have been done for Bobby. But if you have any information on the disappearance of Bobby Desmond, please call the Maine State Police, uh, their Major Crime Unit at one eight hundred two two eight zero eight five seven.
1: I thought we agreed that the next case was going to be lighter.
0: Hmm, Well, I changed my mind.
1: Yeah, these are not light. These are absolutely horrendous. I'm not a fan. They're
0: absolutely horrendous. I would agree. I've got one more for you. Okay. Uh, So the last missing child that we're going to cover is Grace Noel Reap. Uh, This does get a little confusing because Grace Noel Reap disappeared on June 6th, 1978 with her mother, Grace Marie Canto-Reap, from their home in Jericho, Vermont. Uh, so it seems like Grace Sr. pulled a Lorelai Gilmore before, la- before Lorelai Gilmore was even a thing. Okay. She named her daughter after herself. I like it. So little Grace went by Gracie, and then her mother just went by Grace. Grace. Okay. So Gracie and her mother Grace disappeared on June 6, 1978, with a note written by Grace saying they left and that they would never return. Okay. Uh, doesn't seem that crazy. You know, maybe she did leave a note that said she was leaving and she'd never return. But it is kind of crazy because Grace was married to Michael Reap, and the two had three children. Gracie, who was five, and then they had two older boys who were both at school when Grace and Gracie disappeared. So to me, it does seem a little crazy that she would leave a note like, hey, me and Gracie are leaving, and wouldn't have taken her sons. Right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. As a mother, that stands out to me because I would not pick one of my children and leave. Right. And I wouldn't leave a note. Like, I don't know. I would take all of my children. So if me and all of my children disappeared, then maybe I ran away. Or maybe somebody killed us. Who knows? Yeah.
1: That would make sense. All of the kids.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine just taking one child, but that's what the note said. Um, Michael didn't report Grace and Gracie missing until June 11th. So that was five days later. And then on June 16th, so ten days after they disappeared, he filed for divorce. Interesting. He claimed desertion and intolerable severity. You would think he would wait more than ten days, but okay. You would agree I would I would agree with that. You would think so. Um so I wanted to know what intolerable severity meant. Okay. Don't know if you care, but I do, so I looked it up. I care deeply. I found a website, uh, barber and waxman. They are attorneys in Vermont where this case took place. Um, intolerable severity is when one party persists in misconduct to an extent that causes or threatens to cause injury to life, limb or health of the other party. Injury can be indirectly caused by grief, worry, or mental distress caused by the party's misconduct. So it sounds like he filed for divorce because she left And it made him sad. Okay. That's what that seems to be. Kind of weird. Uh, During the initial investigation, police did find the disappearance suspicious as Grace never used any of the money in her bank account. She never contacted any of her family. And there was never any hit on her social security number. So either weird or she's smart. I mean, she could be really smart, but I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a, a pretty far stretch. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying it's possible. I also think it's a pretty far stretch. We'll continue. Like, to this day, there have been no hits on her social security number, and she hasn't contacted any of her family. I do think it's weird. I don't actually think it's... I don't think it's her being smart. I think that it's because she's dead. Oh, probably. I don't think that she left. So, they also thought it was weird that she left her sons. Uh, So, they did question Michael. Right. So they did question Michael, and he admitted to partaking in several extramarital affairs. He also admitted that at times he got a little physical with Grace, but he didn't hurt her or Gracie, and she just ran off and left him in the boys. Hmm. Okay. Michael ended up remarrying one of his extramarital affairs and moved to Florida. How long after? Mm, I don't know how long after, but it said not long. It was shortly after... It just said shortly after. It didn't give me like a year. Okay. Um, and then there wasn't really anything going on in the case at all until October of 1996 when police reclassified Grace and Gracie's disappearance as a homicide and once again questioned Michael. I don't know why it took them nearly 20 years to decide that this was a homicide.
1: They must have gotten some sort of evidence.
0: I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I just think that's weird that after 20 years, they're like, oh, it's actually a homicide. So, but that's what happened. So, in October of 1996, they reclassify the disappearance as a homicide. They question Michael. Um, At this point, police also conduct searches of the home where the Reaps lived when they lived in uh, Vermont. And in between 1996 and 2000, they conducted three separate digs at the property. So, I don't know what they... said that they used something like... I don't remember. I should have put this in here, but they used something to like check the ground before they dug. So something showed up on this. It was some sort of like, I want to say like a metal detector, but not a metal detector.
1: Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a body. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Human remains. Yeah. But I mean, essentially, it's for like large masses in the ground or something that could be a body, but whatever. They did that. And then then they ended up digging. Yes. Yes. So whatever it's called, called, carbon detection. Yeah. I should have put it in here, but regardless, they did end up digging three separate times in between 1996 and 2000. I don't know what they found, if anything, but in November of 1996, after uh, hearing of the new interest in his wife and daughter's disappearance, Michael Reap disappears Hmm. from his Florida home. His truck was later found abandoned at a Louisiana airport in December of 1996, and he was never seen or heard from again. That's weird. Yeah, in 2006, an arrest warrant was issued for Michael Eugene Reap, um, and police did at that point begin actually looking for him. Uh, And that is when they discovered that he had killed himself in 1997 following a police chase in Yuma, Arizona. Hmm. So uh, it does seem that they think Michael is responsible for the disappearance of Grace and Gracie. Uh, But as far as I can tell, their bodies have never been recovered, And I don't know why I said recovered word like that. Their bodies have never been recovered. And they still ask that if you have any information that could help in the investigation to please contact the Vermont State Police at 802-524-5993.
1: Yeah, I mean, he sounds um, a little suspicious. So what about the sons? Do they have any? Oh, they were at school.
0: Yeah, they were at school. Um, but what I was going to say, though, what I to me that is crazy, though, is you're like, oh, yeah, or she's smart. OK, but he's been dead since 1997.
1: Right. And she wouldn't know that.
0: I think that she would know that at least as of, I mean, 2006. At that point, it would be safe for her to come out if she did, in fact, leave on her own. Right. So I don't know. And I do feel like if she left on her own, I don't know, maybe this is just me because I'm a psycho. But like if I left my husband, because maybe she did leave, like maybe she was sick of him cheating on her and sick of him beating her or whatever. He said he got physical with her. So maybe she did leave. I think it's crappy. She didn't take her other kids, especially considering he was beating her apparently. So like, why would you not take your children out of that abusive home? But whatever. All I know is that I would then be like searching and, and like Googling them regularly. So I would know he was dead. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I would be looking to make sure that he wasn't, like, getting close to me, like.
1: Right, keep an eye on him.
0: I'd be making fake Facebooks and, like, friending my kids. Like, I would know that my ex-husband was dead.
1: Right. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense that she would disappear and leave her two kids. And take one of them.
0: That's what sits the worst with me. Like, why would you only take one?
1: Like, I feel and, like it like, should have been all down. or nothing.
0: I Taking agree. Take all three of them um, or none
1: of them. If she was going to do it.
0: You never know until you're in that situation, I guess. So if she did in fact leave, I don't think she left. Let's just put that out there. I do not think she left. I think that her husband. No, I
1: don't either. I'm Um, just saying that I think it could be a possibility.
0: I think it's awfully shitty that he killed her and their daughter. If you want to kill your spouse, don't. But if you do, don't kill the kids too. It's not necessary.
1: Right. What did that little girl have anything to do with your issues? None.
0: None. Nothing. She had nothing to do with your marriage issues. So there's really no need for you to kill her. And then to not even be able to find the, I guess the thing that gets me too is like none of these bodies have even been found. Yeah, that's crazy. Like where are people putting these bodies? I don't know. The amount of missing people with no bodies is insane to me. Yeah. You would
1: think that they would. Like you would be able to find them. They would come up somewhere
0: like, Right, you would think so, but there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was horrible. I just wanted to do some cases that, like, don't get a lot of attention, and hopefully somebody well, somewhere will say something. Maybe our 150 people,
1: uh, our 150 listeners, maybe one of them will know something.
0: Actually, we have more than 150 listeners. We have 150 dedicated listeners, but we have more than that one. We're at almost 20,000 downloads. I know. It's pretty impressive. Getting there. Moving on up in the world, man.
1: Moving on up. Moving on up. Well, one of our many listeners, one of our many
0: listeners maybe knows something,
1: and they'll contact, and that's that'll make this whole thing
0: worth it. Maybe. I hope so. I like to hope that we're putting out into the community and, like, helping, and not just causing problems.
1: I would hope we're not causing problems.
0: That's what I... Yeah, let me know if you guys liked that and I can do more random exploited and missing children episodes where I just pick random children and report on them. Because it just seems like a lot of them aren't even investigated or, like, reported on at all.
1: Yeah, which is really sad, really heartbreaking.
0: I cannot fathom. If one of my children went missing... First of all, one of my children better not go missing because heads will roll. But if one of my children were to go missing, I cannot imagine like there being no media presence because I would be on everything possible. I would be on the news and I mean, like everything. Oh, yeah, me too. I'd be hijacking the radio waves and the news waves and just like broadcasting myself on my own from my house. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how to do that, but I would learn from my children.
1: <laughs> I believe in you. I think you could.
0: It's really sad. It just makes me, makes my heart ache. Yeah, it is sad. For the children that are missing, that like nobody even cares they're gone. Right. It's horrible.
1: I just can't get over that boy, his parents not reporting him missing until he goes
0: back to school. Like, uh, that was yeah. completely awful. But they didn't even report him at that point, someone else did. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's no different than Casey Anthony. She didn't report her daughter missing for months. I know. It's awful. Like, I just don't understand. I just understand. can't fathom that either. There's a ton of kids that go missing and nobody reports them missing for months. And that to me, right there is a red flag immediately. Yeah. Immediately. If a parent doesn't report their child missing within five minutes of them going missing, that's an issue. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about small children, five year olds, 10 year olds. You know, I mean, that's insane to me. Hate it. Hate it a lot. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate.
1: When I lost your daughter for 35 seconds, I felt like I was going to vomit. So Uh,
0: when I I lost my daughter for 35 seconds, I thought I was going to die. It was the worst moment of my life. Thankfully, she's been fine both times. But yeah, she gets lost a lot. A lot more it's than children she's should. she's so little. It's because she's tiny, and she's just easy to look over, and she also is a wanderer. Yes, big wanderer. Like, she just doesn't pay attention. She, like, looks up. She's like, la, oh, la, la, la. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, Ashley lost my youngest child at the trampoline park.
1: It was terrifying. I've never taken them to the trampoline park again.
0: She essentially left her with her husband while she went to go get my other daughter so that she could take them both to the bathroom. But then there was a miscommunication and her husband was not watching the youngest one. And then when she came back, she was like, where is she? And he was like, oh, I thought she was with you. And she was not with either of them. So she essentially had just like turned around, not seen anyone she knew and just wandered off. Right. She
1: was going to the bathroom. Yeah. So I found her with another small child going to the bathroom at the front desk and then that sassy little brat said um first of all i wasn't even crying and second of all i told her i was not looking for my mom i was looking for my aunt <laughs> she is a sassy little brat i was like as scared as i true. was you make me so angry <laughs> yeah with your sassiness
0: and when when i lost her i would just like to clarify also i did not lose her at the right with lodge dad and jacob did Even though they blamed me. So, essentially, I walked away. I left her in the care of my husband and my father. My husband and my father say that they told me to take her. I don't think that that actually occurred. Apparently, she was following me and I was unaware. And so, when I came back, she was gone. I was like, oh my gosh, where is she? And she was missing. And we were at a freaking water park. And she didn't have her puddle. That's why I freaked out. She did not have her puddle jumper on.
1: Well, also, she was afraid of water all day long.
0: Yeah, well, she was terrified of water, but, like, I wouldn't have been as concerned had she had her puddle jumper on. But immediately, I just started looking at the bottom of swimming pools because I was like, she's drowned. Like, that's where she is. She's drowned.
1: Yeah, but no, um, she was afraid of water all day, and then she went to play in water by herself.
0: Yep, that's what occurred. But I was terrified that she had fallen into one of the pools. I mean, it was a water park. She had no puddle jumper on. And she was tiny. I mean, how old was she then? Two? Yeah. She's a little, little tiny baby. And so I freaked out and tried to get a lifeguard's attention. And the lifeguards are not allowed to... Just for future reference, if you lose your child at Great Wolf Lodge, the lifeguards are not allowed to speak to you because they have to keep their eye on the pools. So don't even waste your time trying to get their attention. Go find any other employee, and they will immediately call in the missing child SWAT team of Great Wolf Lodge. That is one good thing I can say about Great Wolf Lodge, is that I told them, my child is missing, and that place was swarmed. They,
1: like, locked all the doors, too, didn't they? No one could get in or out?
0: Yep, they locked the entire water park down. And then they like brought in like a whole freaking SWAT team of people. I swear they flooded the building. They were like going up and down the metal stairs, like at the water slides, and they found her in, I mean, seconds.
1: Yeah, it was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, they were like, "What is your daughter wearing?" I told them, like, I just gave them a brief description. Uh, I was like, "She's two, curly brown hair, blue eyes." I described her bathing suit, and within like thirty seconds, she was back in my arms. It was amazing. So, Great Wolf Lodge, great, fantastic, definitely uh, their safety protocols are top-notch. Yeah. But it was a terrifying experience, so, yeah. Quite honestly, though, my heart drops when I can't find my kids at the park for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. So, again, I cannot imagine my 10-year-old child not coming home, or my 10-year-old child missing, or thinking they ran away and not reporting them missing.
1: Yeah, me either. I couldn't imagine... Like, did they not have any family members? Right. Because if I'm at the park with your kids and I can't find them for five seconds, I want to vomit. Right. And they're not
0: mine. Uh, If I'm at my own home and I can't find my kids, I want to vomit. Right. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. Like the other day when the youngest wanted to go on a walk. And so she just went on a walk by herself around the yard. Hmm. Because she's a wanderer. Uh, Well, it's because Aunt Lynn (laughs) and her walks. So then she decided she wanted to walk every day. So then apparently she told me that she was going on a walk and I was just like zoned out and was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So then she went outside by herself and I come out and I was like, hey, where's your sister? And the other two were like, oh, she went on a walk. And I'm like, What? So I'm like she cannot go outside by herself she's too little and I was like oh my gosh so I like go looking and I can't find her anywhere and I'm like screaming her name can't find her and then she's walking the back wood line and I'm like what are you doing I was just going for a walk I told you I was going for a walk no get in the house <laughs> walk around the living room right
1: take a walk to your bedroom
0: anyway i just can't imagine any of these i can't imagine my child going missing i can't imagine not reporting them missing and i can't imagine never talking about them again either like bobby's family they just didn't talk about them
1: yeah no that's all i would do horrible crazy to me but
0: essentially the entire national database of missing and exploited children just pisses me off yeah it's heartbreaking not the fact that there is a database. Like, good good job that there's a database where we can see these missing children, but it just makes me mad the number of children that are missing.
1: Right with nowhere near finding them.
0: Yeah, and it just seems like there's not enough being done. Uh, like, I was looking through the North Carolina. I haven't seen hardly any of those reported. Like, that I've okay. seen them on the news or on my social medias, and I feel like I should be. And also, there haven't been... That many Amber Alerts. Like, do we not issue an Amber Alert every time a child's missing? I
1: mean, there has been quite a few more Amber Alerts this year than normal.
0: There's not as many as there are missing children. Oh, no, for sure not. But I'm just saying. And it says, like, Amber Alerts are issued for extreme cases. No, an Amber Alert should be issued for every missing child. I agree, 100%. That's how you you find your children, by issuing Amber Alerts, by causing a scene. If your child goes missing in a public place, do not quietly look for them. Cause a scene. Start screaming. That is how you find them. Because if somebody's abducted your child, they're going to let them go.
1: Right? They don't want that scene.
0: More than likely. They do not want that scene. So your child goes missing in Walmart, scream. Start screaming. Just start making a huge scene. Start yelling what they're wearing. And yeah, I don't know. It's just insane to me.
1: Makes me angry. I can tell. <laughs> makes me angry yeah. as well. I understand. It's very yes, infuriating. Super angry. But... It's very right, infuriating. Well, it's very heartbreaking. It is.
0: It's devastating. All right. Well, that's been another episode of Weekly Dose of Wicked. So tune in next week when we do another case. I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing, Ash?
1: Um, well, I don't, I have a case, but I don't know if it's for our bonus episode or if it's a normal case, so I'm not sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And if you're a member of our Patreon, keep your eyes out for some bonus episodes we got coming your way, hopefully here in the next few days. Hopefully. And if you're not on our Patreon, then join it up so you can have our bonus episodes, you know?
1: Yeah. And if you have any suggestions of things that you'd like for us to do. If they're, if they're, you know, just normal cases that we normally do, or if they're different kinds of cases that we don't normally do, we would love suggestions. What you like, what you don't like. Send us an email. Yep, let us know. Send us an email at weeklydosasubbligate at Because what we think doesn't matter. What you think does. So let us know.
0: We only care about you and your opinion, so let us know. But on that note, uh, we're going to hop on off here. I'm going to go do some editing, and we're going to catch you next week. So have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye.
1: Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at
0: www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers, starting at just a measly $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. You can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked. Or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones.
1: Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what? You could just do both because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to
0: www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com
1: Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly, Weekly Dose, Dose of, of Wicked. Wicked. But um <laughs>